0: <laughs> Tell you when I was like kids that ready to drop on. Time we finish this, you're all going to be practicing
1: magicians. I'm Jeremy Greer and I'm Gary Butterfield.
0: And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I talk about the X Men. We are in the middle of uh, new X Men.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we're near fun. the end of new X Men. We're getting close to
0: the end. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If, Hang you, on uh, your
0: butts. if you're one of those weirdos that doesn't stay around for the admin of a podcast, we're getting so close to the end that we're asking people to send in feedback. So go ahead and <laughs> futurecast.com/slash contact. Yeah
1: if you're one of those people reexamine your life choices, we put a lot of work into the end of those podcasts. And
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely plan them and I don't yeah. just make up something at the end of every single one that I do oh. ending a podcast yeah. is probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's difficult. I saw a, a tweet today and I, I'm not going to repeat it cause I don't want to blow up anybody, but they were, uh, quote tweeting somebody. and They're like, this is the guy, only guy I've ever podcasted with who ended the show by saying, I guess I think we're done here. <laughs> Uh sorry, I'm gonna pull that out on Will at some point. I guess I think we're done here. And um, then just like hang up.
0: I guested on a podcast and uh um I don't i I don't wanna say who it is because I don't wanna I don't want it i I don't want them to think I'm making fun of them or anything, but uh usually like at the end of a podcast if you're guesting on it, someone would be like, Oh, and you know, hey Jeremy, thank you for being on, like tell us where you can find you or whatever and I was kind of like gearing up to do my little speech or whatever.
1: And
0: then uh we just got to the end and they said all right, well, thanks, Jeremy. And I was like, hey, thank you guys. And they literally just hung up on me. They hung up on the yeah. Skype call and I was like, what? <laughs> See, okay, yeah. bye. Bad, for- bad form.
1: Bad form. But it's Yeah, because it, 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 it's, it's, it's not only just useful for plugging purposes, but it's useful for like signaling like time to go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, not, not to pat our own back. I've always been a big fan of the, I wish more people would take the thing that me and Cole do, which is let people off the hook for admin. When we have mm-hmm. guests, like we're like plug your stuff, but we're gonna like beg for money without you in the room because <laughs> sure, it sure. feels fucking weird for us to be like Patreon. Here's all the stuff we're doing. Like you need to hear that. Yeah, you know, um, so we we tend to end the podcast alone. Uh, and I, I'd like it if people did that for me. I mean, it's fine if you don't, but just that, that kind of like long never ending uh long goodbye thing is weird.
0: Yeah, because you we do spend a lot of time saying goodbye on
1: podcast in general. <laughs> like <it's> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's true. Like it's not a bit. Um, what a weird job. Um, (laughs) it's a weird thing that we do. It really is. It's just a
0: strange thing that we do. Um, but Uh,
1: speaking of strange things to do, betray the entire X-Men because you're under the influence of a sentient drug.
0: We're, uh, uh, we're going to talk about planet X or at least the first issue in this arc, uh, to catch people up. Uh, Logan and Cyclops invaded the wo- the World Program, which is uh, what we call the basically the Weapon X program, or what have you. Um, it was mm-hmm. a just a place where scientists manipulated a bunch of weird technology and ideas to create guess what things that killed mutants.
1: Um, Hell yeah. We-
0: ascended into space to to the headquarters logan found out about his real past not his fake past um and then took that knowledge and then blew up the spaceship that everybody was on and that's where we're gonna pick up um mm-hmm. right off the bat we know something's weird because zorn is on the cover and he's got his his mask off and he's in his
1: he doesn't have a head <laughs> it's like a different mask too. i never yeah. noticed that until i was just like i was just kind of staring at this uh while we took a break between between episodes and it's like oh that's not zorn's mask no he has His a very mask mask mask. does not have
0: a giant x on it <laughs>
1: yeah this is weird uh but it is a cool cover you know because under the mask is just this like gigantic sphere of electricity yes uh it's cool looking um and we start off right away like basically uh with professor xavier looking at the camera uh screaming x-men emergency uh in the x-men font um this is uh this issue or this arc is drawn by uh phil Jimenez. Uh, which I think he does a good job on this. Yes. He's not my all time favorite artist or anything like that, but I think he does a good job.
0: I, I wasn't confused. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> mission accomplished. <It's> good. <laughs> yeah, good,
1: good storyteller. Even though Xavier is extremely buff in this first panel. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Sh- well, I mean, shoulder muscles, dude. I mean, he's, he's got his legs, dude. He's been working but yeah, out. What have you but if you've been pushing a wheelchair? You probably are extremely buff. Like also that yeah, of a yeah. body, you know, Man, um, can you
0: imagine how insufferable Professor Xavier, Xavier would be if he got his legs back and they got like really into CrossFit? <laughs> He's just, just like fucking talking <laughs> about CrossFit all the time.
1: Can you, Jeremy, can you imagine how insufferable anybody would be if they talked about CrossFit, like just <laughs> yes. in general, in real life? X Men or no? Yes, a hundred percent.
0: Yes, I can. Uh, I can. I can imagine that. Yes.
1: Uh, the, the, there's a There's a CrossFit gym by my house, and whenever I walk by it, like I look inside, and there's usually <laughs> somebody like inside working out. But if they catch eyes with me. I swear to God, they're like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> they're like, "Keep walking, fatty." Uh, <laughs> you don't, you torque it to the limit, and, the and they probably just torque, it's and they're probably up.
0: just looking at you like, "God, I wish I could go have a donut like that." Dude's probably th- th- doing th- th-
1: that's, that's probably what it is. Like they they would you know we're not so different them and I no no uh, <laughs> they just got yeah. interested
0: in a thing that you are not interested in
1: <clears throat> yeah exactly uh, you know breaking their joints for fitness um. The, uh, no cartilage, please. Uh, so we, we cut over to, uh, outside the space station, which is blowing up Scott and phantom X have gotten on like an escape cruiser spaceship. Um, and, uh, Scott's freaking out. Like Logan's still on the satellite. That yes. just blew up. Like Logan basically has just tried to like almost kill himself with a uh, weapon 15.
0: Um, phantom X wakes up feeling kind of disoriented. He doesn't really know what's going on. He just remembers something happening to Eva. Uh, Cyclops kind of fills the, every, everybody in, including Professor Xavier, who's got a mental link to right now. Um, they're, they're crash landing into the, the around the Pacific ocean. Um, yep. I love that Scott can like, like about 300, 200 miles Southeast of French Polynesia. Like, come on, Scott, like, what the <laughs> fucking, everybody, you don't have to win every round of Jeopardy. Okay. This is yeah. a friendly,
1: <laughs> he's back in uh cause one of the themes of Scott in this is like when things go really wrong, like he turns into good boy mode mm-hmm. and he gets the shit done, you know? So, like, he was, he was Blackpill Scott, but then, uh, you know, when the the director was like, oh, the Saturday morning Super Sentinels are going to come kill the mutants, he's like, I don't think so. And now he's, like, straight up into Boy Scout mode again. Like, Professor, is at you? I'm sorry I ran out on the X-Men. I'll try to explain later. Like, he's basically regressing, you know, at this point into hyper-competent Scott mode as they're crash landing. Um, and, uh, you know, Professor Xavier, again, just like, Scott, do me my X-Men. Like, basically doing some pretty classic X-Men shit. Yeah. Uh here and the X Men around him are not in the same place. Uh, which is really interesting. Like Scott has run off and is in space doing something else. Like he calls for, for Beast and Emma here, which we cut over to. And uh Emma's talking about leaving. Yeah. Like Beast is doing his final kind of medical exam, like, hey, you got reconstituted from diamonds, you're gonna die. Uh, you know, and uh she's just like, uh, you know, as soon as I'm done with this medical testing, I'm the fuck out of here. Like, I'm leaving.
0: And uh, when I like that when Beast like hears the call, he's like, "I gotta go," and he's just already got like some, some swings set up in this in this science lab
1: or something. He does he does have some science swings, <laughs> which is
0: <laughs> and like there's not even an LED on these bad boys. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's just
1: low tech science swings.
0: Gene yeah. um, um, shows up to professor Xavier. And it basically says like, Hey, I'm leaving. Uh, Scott is out there in space. I got to go save him. Um, and you know, I, I, I got to go do this. Like, don't worry. Like, don't worry about me. I've got the Phoenix force to help. Um, and and it's, it's a weird kind of scene because it feels like a permanent goodbye when it really should be like, I'm going to go save some people. I'll be right back.
1: The idea is that it's pretty dangerous what she's doing. I think like everyone's still kind of put off by Jean's super confidence. Like, she's like, oh, the Phoenix, you know, he's like, oh, the Phoenix is why you know this. And, and she's like, yeah, you know, the X-Plane Mark III can get me there. You don't have to worry so much. Like, every, whatever happened will be for the best. Yeah. Um, Xavier knows some, some bad stuff's going to happen, though. Um, and, and again, like, all of his X-Men are not there for him, right? Yeah. Like, he is, he, we've gone through this roll call of the new X-Men, and none of them are there. Like, Jean is leaving. Everyone's leaving. And then, like, very specifically, meaningfully, we cut over to Zorn, who is the remaining, like, permanent cast member who's not you know fucked up
0: yeah um Uh, zorn notably has a a a world a map of the world behind him that's upside down that's gonna be like mentioned a little bit later i didn't realize it was here until uh looking at it again um and he's in his quote-unquote special class the slow class uh which is Mm -hmm. beak angel um oh fuck i forgot it again gary i'm so sorry Basilisk uh, and Ertst. Um, I mm-hmm. love that Angel is wearing a shirt with a print of what looks like her on
1: the front. Um, she is wearing a print with her like Facebook profile. <laughs> yes, very, good. It very good. Instead of a pocket. Um, um, and, and also and, Dust
0: is here which was a character yeah. that we, we rescued a few issues ago. Um, and, then, and they're asking her uh, what's your answer? And everybody's yeah. looking at her. And then we go from there right back to the, the other side of the school where Xavier is going into Cerebra uh, and we start seeing, like, this weird dust cloud forming around him. Yeah.
1: the uh, In my old, when I worked in the office at PSU, uh, I took a big map of the world and put it on my wall upside down uh, in my office. And that caused some conversations. Because uh, I was just doing it as a new X-Men thing. And I've always liked that image. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that, like, this is one of my, my favorite just, like, really minor aesthetic things from this run is that, like, oh, yeah, like, north is not up. You know, like, that that is a weird perceptual thing that we have that is you know, really ameri and, like, probably useful to keep in mind that's not true. Uh, but everybody who came into my, like, all of my normie coworkers were like, your map's upside down. I'm like, well, oh, you know, God. I, I know. Would, uh, you know like, <laughs> the
0: problem with that is it is very cool until you absolutely have to explain it to someone and then you sound like the uncoolest dude in the world. Like, you're not going to I didn't this, sound but, cool. But I, <laughs> I just did it because yeah. Magneto did it. And they're like, Mag- well,
1: Magneto? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, Mr. Magneto, he teaches Econ 201 um i i uh i didn't tell them it was meant for magneto reasons so what did you the, tell
0: them did you lie
1: I, no i told him it was cool i, th- I told him i thought it was cool like i was like talking about like what i thought it like it was like oh so yeah you like, lie by you, you never mentioned i did lie the comic book. Book. Yeah. <laughs> i didn't did mention the comic book I, I i said uh you know i think this is very cool i think that like what it, the idea behind this you know keeping your perceptions in check is really valuable you know uh but i did not mention magneto reasons <laughs> God, so yes, I lied Gary. by Gary had to be
0: fucking insufferable.
1: You knew me. <laughs> like, I wasn't. I was still good. 2013 Gary. No, like, I said 20 I year old Gary. Oh <laughs> like, no. 20- 20 year old Gary sucks shit. <laughs> yeah. Was like, this 2013
0: uh, Gary? I just assumed it was 20 yeah, year yeah.
1: old Gary. <laughs> no, no, no. This was when I worked at PSU. This was, this is, oh. uh, you know, this is 20, 20, 33 year old Gary did this. Oh, wow. uh, but I was just excited to have an office and make it my own because I hated my job. Yeah. So, like anything I could do to surround myself with things I liked looking at was really important uh, to it. So, but yeah, 20 year old Gary sucked shit. Um, 20-year-old sucks shit. Every 20 year
0: old sucks <laughs> shit, except for so- the ones listening
1: to the show. No, those
0: guys suck shit, too.
1: <laughs> they just don't
0: know it yet. <laughs> if you're 20 and listening to this podcast, first off, thank you. We love you. Patreon.com <laughs> slash TV. But also, you suck shit. You're not. You're not going to understand that until you're 35. <laughs> and even then, it's not really going to fully sink in until you probably hit it like 38. And they're going to be like, oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I did when a, I was, during the year I was 20 was terrible.
1: It's a lot of weird shame. Mm-hmm. You know? Monetize uh, it, people. Do like me. T- tell Cole Ross about it for money. <laughs> Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if
0: you add cole ross's story that you think gets me get on abject suffering he'll give you five dollars i've heard this I've, I've, <laughs> I've only added him four times and none of my stories made it on abject suffering so i'm just assuming that uh you, you actually do get paid
1: um, yeah if you do it does make it on uh, so so xavier's staying here with his cane um you know he basically uh, establishes you can't really tell dust is there when she's in granular form um and is like talking to him uh, he's explaining like cerebra you know if he had this on he could see her um you know this, would you like me to find somebody for you you know your name this, is, he's just kind of making small talk
0: this is so smug too of him like yeah. oh there's a new student let me go through my new student routine exactly. this is cerebro i don't know what this yeah. voice i'm doing is but that's how xavier
1: talks Ooh. now <laughs> yeah the uh uh and she's freaking out um she tells him something psych, you know psychically that we don't get to see and he's like, what? I, I'm sure that can't be right. Um, and we're we only getting one side of this conversation. Like the way that this, uh, this issue hides information from us, I think is really clever. Me too. You know, so, so like in the, the special class, we didn't get to see the question that she was asked. We just get to see her deciding. And now we get over here and we get to see Xavier's side of the conversation. We never get into just mine, uh, which makes this like, one, it's like mirroring the fact that, you know, other people, you know, he can't read her mind and, and neither can we through comics like cadence and language. But two, it just makes this very creepy and weird.
0: Yeah. Like And uh and at this point Zorn shows up. And, uh, and yep. Xavier is like, wait a minute, we, we, we created a special class because he, he has an affinity for good students. I'm sure that he wouldn't. And then Zorn shows up and is like, I think dust, something happened to dust. She ran away from class and I think she may have lost control of her power. And that's when like, she explodes into dust and starts like just, I guess, twirling around in the air to the point where it, the sand is flying so hard that it's literally cutting Xavier's face.
1: Yeah. Uh, and she's destroying uh, Cerebra. Here is the idea. Uh, you know, Zorn comes over and tries to, you know, protect Xavier. Um, she eventually kind of coalesces again, but she's destroyed Cerebra. Uh, and she kind of coalesces and goes into her jar. Like she's got a jar she gets to live in. Uh, she's not there yet, but she will uh, in a moment. She's like floating. She goes back to the special class. Um, all the special class are looking around and they're just like, this is a cool mutant gift. Uh, you know, my strobe light is crap compared to that, but if I use it, it'll, it'll catch her. Um, you know, Martha says that we need to put her inside here. It doesn't feel right because Martha's voice has gotten all snotty. So that, that's hinting something. Mm-hmm. Who do we know that's snotty, right? Like, who's a psychic who's snotty, who's unaccounted for? Mm. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the sandstorm is going crazy. They're all, like, struggling against it.
0: Yeah. Including yeah. some, uh, some of uh, Beacon Angels babies who don't really have yeah. lines here, but they're, they're just flying nude children, <laughs> which <Yeah>. is, <laughs> which is literally like my last nightmare that I've had, which is like Bonus just these dogs storm. Yeah. Just new yeah. children flying at me at all times. Like, ah, Jesus. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, put it away. No, I, it's taken me years to get over the cover to never mind. Years. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, so they get in there, uh, Xavier and Zorn pop in. They're trying to get her to become, uh, coherent. She does for a second. She says in English, help me, professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, Zorn scoops her up into the, uh, the jar.
0: <laughs> just like Here. the way this works. Cause it's implied that like, it, like the, the way that it looks is he's just like dragging a jar through some dust to put it in some dust, mm-hmm. uh, to put her in it. But like, I'm sure that that's not what's happening, but like what, what? <laughs> it's so <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> yep. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, our dude with the, with the one-liners, what a beach. Huh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love Basilisk. Yuck. Um, we cut over to, uh, Beast and Emma, uh, who are out, you know, um, they're looking for Scott on the ocean. Uh, you know, and, uh, Emma's basically like, you know, I know Scott's near here. He gives off the most bizarre and aloof psychic radiation I've ever experienced. This, what a fucking great line. Aloof yeah, yeah. psychic radiation. <laughs> like that's the name yeah. of my
0: punk band. Thank you. I'm here now. Yeah,
1: very good. Yeah um and and she's like wait he's saying something there's a traitor we have to get closer he's like the traitor tell him he's nuts what kind of traitor would let us go out here to save him and then the plane explodes whoops yep whoops. um
0: in space uh Jean is in her spacesuit, um, flying through some space junk and she lands on a meteor where uh wolverine is and flies around a little bit like with the phoenix force around her um and Finally finds Logan, who is claws deep into weapon 15 and warns her like, hey, you need to get out of here. Don't you recognize where you are? And she says, oh, my God, it's Asteroid M. Um, yeah. And things start happening uh despite the fact that we said we were just going to talk in spoilers but not we haven't actually said what is happening out loud yet which i'm kind of proud of us for (laughs) um yeah yeah,
1: we we said like this this is the thing that's hinted at so if people knew what the twist was i think we called out the foreshadowing but we didn't say what it was
0: yeah uh so uh we go to back to xavier's um and Zorn is given this speech about like, Hey, she refused to renounce her religion. And I tried to show her the errors in having, uh, you know, having faith over uh, or loyalty to her species. And, and this is when Xavier's like, wait a minute, wait, wait, you were, what, why is this map yeah. upside down? And, uh, and, and very
1: specifically, like you made her do the things in Cerebra, didn't you? Yes. Like she was destroying that at, at his orders. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Zorn is calling him Charles, which he's never done before. No, Uh, you know, this is a this is the future. I call it Planet X. I'm teaching my students to imagine tomorrow and giving them the tools to take it. Uh, And Xavier is like, hey, let her out of the jar. She's afraid. Xavier is extremely slow on the uptake. During this scene, Samir
0: um, walked into a room with a Magneto was right poster. It didn't say anything until right now. <laughs> <I'm>
1: like, <laughs> if anyone goes into my room and there's a Gary was right poster, they should know I'm there. <laughs> like <laughs> the only person
0: that's going to put that. No, no yeah. other person is going to put up a Gary Butterfield was right poster in like their me, room. Maybe
1: Brian Wade, but like that's, that's maybe Brian it. Wade.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or maybe wow. one of the shitty twenty year olds that listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, Uh, so he's like, you you know, she's afraid and, and, uh, Zorn's like, she has reason to be (laughs) like, it's like, I love this Matt, you know, mask off, uh, you know, kind of fam, uh, thing. I've been educating the generation, next generation of terror right under your nose. Um, Xavier is still being a, 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 simp, you know, like, Oh, these posters, these are inappropriate, you know, not to mention baffling. And Zorn is giving his villain speech. Like you've had it all for yourself for too long. Nothing has changed, though. Like, without guidance, without an effective creed, I've watched your dream run rampant and watched the discipline fall. It will all begin to happen very quickly now, and he locks the doors with his Magneto powers. There's a great little frame where uh, Xavier's shocked by this, and Basilisk is in the background, like, smiling. <laughs> <Dude>.
0: <laughs> like I have a mind to make the Basilisk smile like my Slack icon picture. I just, I just don't remember how to make the little duck for mods that we did, yeah, so <laughs> I just haven't changed my picture for a long time. It's but, super yeah, that's, cool looking, though. That little Basilisk <laughs> smile is fucking great.
1: Yeah, I love Basilisk Um, and Zorn continues his villain speech here, Um, you know, like I thought it was really obvious. I was afraid it would be too obvious, you know, um, all that stuff. The prison, the man with the star for brain, that was all fake. You know how much I've hated playing this role and how long I've waited to do this. And he reaches up his hand and uh, knocks out Xavier's legs um, here, Uh, basically revealing that nano sentinels were holding his spine together. Uh, Now he's cut his strings.
0: So he wasn't a healer after all. He was Magneto. Um, yep. we, we, we flash over to outer space uh, where Asteroid M, which apparently still has oxygen rolling, which is great for you know, all of the people that are there that you know breathe that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Asteroid M explodes, sending both Logan and Gene presumably into space.
1: Uh, so they're still on there. It doesn't uh, send them into space. Like, they get back in, I think, at some point. Like, it's a little bit confusing here, it, but it was a trap. Yes. Like the the you know, asteroid M uh drew in the, uh, the remains of the weapon plus space station and had a bomb of some kind on it. Sure. So he's trying to provoke a war. We get to the last panel, which is a famous panel in this comic where uh, Magneto is staying there, levitating the Zorn helmet and says, X-Men emergency. Indeed, Charles, the dream is over. Oh man, it was Magneto the whole time. It was Magneto the whole time. Which so- to me, yeah, so let's talk about this twist. Yes, uh, I, um,
0: I, you know, obviously we're not to the end of this arc yet. We haven't figured out like how does he controlling these students? Although it should be pretty obvious at this point that like Esme is is hooked up into this because she got into a car that was driving itself. Um, it's I, I liked Zorn as a character. Like I really like this mm. idea of this imprisoned soul who is actually helping the school. And even when they showed like the shocking violence that he had, that he was capable of uh, with the U-men, I actually thought that was like super interesting. I was like, wait, like here here we are thinking that he's been peaceful this entire time, but like, we're going to have to deal with this because this is like antithetical to Xavier's teachings and philosophy Mm. at the school. So the reveal that he was just Magneto the whole time was actually kind of disappointing for me. Mm. I'm not one of these dudes that like I would, I don't need to have Magneto or the Brotherhood of Evil or anything like that in every single X-Men thing ever, right? Like, I'm I'm fine with this just not dealing with Magneto for a little while and things. And I was really, really happy to not be doing that. I thought that this was a really great book. And it still is, like, don't get me wrong, but this twist and then going back and, like, trying to think... Like if you go back through this comic, which is what I've been doing this entire time, and wondering how Zorn or Magneto as Zorn was doing the things that he's doing, some is real loosey goosey even for comic book standards. And I don't know. I I just I I just I'm not hundred percent sold on it. And then like for the rest of this arc, Magneto gets like over the top cartoony supervillain almost. Uh like in the next episode that we record, like there's a issue there's a panel where it's literally him just like masturbating over destroying the world. <laughs> like that's, I mean, that's yeah. what it is. And I it's so over the top. And they, they have a justification for that with kick and things like that. I just I, I just don't, I'm not hundred percent bought into it. And, uh, and like, it's an oh shit moment. I remember seeing it for the first time going, oh shit, that's crazy. But if i really sit down and think about it, like I would have almost rather Zorn go bad than be Magneto. Um, yeah. but, but I don't, I don't know. How, how, how do you feel about it? Like, how did you feel about it? and How I, do you feel about it nowadays?
1: I like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pro on it. Um, I like it. Look, part of it is because I, I cursed myself by reading a lot about kind of Grant Morrison's intentions you know, behind the run, which doesn't always factor into how something works. Right. Like that's the, the, the watch fireballs creed. But like one of the things that I try, you know, that, that colors my experience of this, I don't have to like make it colored. It just colors. My experience of this run is that I know that Grant Morrison was going through and saying, these are the kinds of X-Men stories that exist right now. Um, how can I do a twist on them? So we have the dark future story. We have the Shi'ar We have the uh, mutants and humans uh, not getting a long story. We have the kids we have. uh, And this is the supervillain. Like this is the darkest hour supervillain thing, like Fall of the mutants or something like that. Um, And it's his version of that. And knowing that like he wanted to do that and knowing that the X-Men have like one iconic villain for that makes that make sense to me in kind of a structural way. Sure. That influences how I read it. Um. It's also a thing, too, where, you know, another thing that I don't dis- or I don't agree with. But I, again, just knowing the the thinking behind it is that I, I am fairly certain and I don't have a source for this because it's been a long time since I've like, you know, interviews were coming out about this. But when this run started, you know, is a big deal. So there are a lot of interviews and I'm pretty sure Grant Morrison hates Magneto. Like, you know, just thinks that this is a really like shitty, shallow character, that kind of like mustache twirling, you know, no big ideas you know, kind of like race war character is not something he has very much respect for. And I think this is an articulation of that as well. That doesn't necessarily mean like it's good or bad. It just kind of explains some of where it's coming from, like treating him as a puppet for, for essentially this whole run, you know? Um, so in that, in that respect, like it colors a little bit more positively for me. And also, uh, the other thing that colors it a little bit more positively for me is that most of the stuff that he did does make sense to me. Like I can figure it out um sometimes it's a little bit of a stretch you know uh but some of it it's like it the the parts where it hints at this in advance are more cool to me than the part the plot holes that don't add up to it are uncool i guess and that's fair um if that makes
0: sense totally totally makes yeah totally makes sense i um i I will say i like the the idea of this being like the big x-men story and i like how like we mentioned it earlier like demoralizing the x-men was the point um mm-hmm. get, splitting them up demoralizing them making them question the 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 dream was was magneto's goal that's the reason he did all of this and i think that works better than a lot of the stuff that like it, it when i said like it's it's with a lot of the stuff that he did at zorn was a stretch for me even by comic book standards like i'll i'll hold to that but all of this stuff that like where it gets to is really interesting like right now is a really interesting moment for the comic book um it's it's some of this later stuff that we're going to get to even in the next issue where he's just so over the top. Like it, it make, would make sense to me that great Morrison hates this guy as, <clears throat> as a yeah, character yeah. because he kind of like and, and I don't I'm not going to sit here and defend Magneto. Like I don't really need to do that as a, as a person, but he does kind of go out of his way to shit on Magneto as a as a, as a character in this book. Um, and by making yeah, yeah. him kind of insufferable, uh, which is, you know, if that's your intention, then it's great you know, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. But to me, like there's, there is something interesting about, about Magneto. And that's the reason why he's been the maiden foil for the X-Men for so long that he's
1: undeniably the most interesting X-Men villain. Sure. Right? Like, yeah. you know, he's going up against Mr. Sinister and apocalypse. Like, you know, th- th- this is the best we got. Um, I agree. Like it, it's weird, you know, in these next issues, which on, on this third read, like worked really well for me. Kick is doing a lot of work. Yeah, Like, if you, if you, uh, all these lines that don't sound like Magneto, imagine John Sublime saying them and it makes sense. Sure. Like this is, you know, this is, uh, and this is something that kind of gets wrapped up a little bit in the next, the the final arc when you kind of learn more about John Sublime's motivations and such. But, uh, the fact that it's so modular and it's like, here's 150 years from the future, like the connections between this and the present are not drawn very strongly, really kind of undercuts that a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's there if you look for it, like, uh, oh, like sublime would want this, you know, because sublime is this like creature of ultimate genetic superiority and just wants to be the last living thing like a bacteria would, you know, um, it's, its job is to propagate. Uh, and it would it makes sense as a motivation. And it's like almost like when sublime gets into something, there's a little bit of its original form that kind of shines through. And that's where the disdain for Magneto comes through from Grant Morrison. Like, this is Grant Morrison imagining Magneto with no principles, just kind of pushed towards his worst impulses. And on that level, it works for me. Um, the other thing I would say is that one of the things I like about this moment and him kind of dissembling the X-Men is that Magneto totally fucking wins. Yes, um, yes. Like, he ends yeah. this arc being beheaded, but the, the damage that he has done uh, through subtle means destroys the future. Yes. Like, that is the story of this arc by breaking Scott summer's heart, like you have basically destroyed the X-Men and it is only through the power and like time machinations of the Phoenix that it gets fixed. Yeah. Like, you know, Mag, this is, this is sublime fucking winning uh, through this, like using all of the tools that are available in the, in the toolbox of the comic, you know, like using humans prejudices, using, um, you know, the, the alienation that kids might feel going to the Mm -hmm. school, like using all these things that are just kind of part of the X-Men against the X-Men. And I just, like, I admire it a lot, even though it's really weird. Like, I agree that these upcoming issues have, like, amazing, like, bright spots. Like, I really like a lot of parts of the this arc, but it does come off as super weird. Like, Magneto comes off as, like, like a, like a simp, like a real, like, piece of shit. Like, a, you know, it's like, oh, boy, like, you haven't thought this through, did you? And when you, you know, it just takes a lot of work to be like, well, that's because something totally alien and inhuman is controlling his brain and, like, et cetera, et cetera. I would have revealed that information in a different way, I think. Yeah. Uh than, yeah. than he does. And we'll see when we so. get there. Um oh, yeah. But but uh yeah, I
0: guess that's it. Do you wanna do you wanna close this out?
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that'll be it for for this episode. Uh we're going back more into Planet X next time. Uh we wanna thank you for flying with us. We know you could have just stayed home and cried and cussed. Uh if you want to support the network, head on over to patreon.com slash and uh kick us a couple bucks. And you can also leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts.
0: Yeah. Do all of those things and, and, and <laughs> yep. at me on Twitter about them. Uh, yeah, yeah. we mentioned the feedback uh, episode, uh, days of futurecast.com slash contact mm-hmm. is the best way to do that. You can also email us D O F C podcast or dm uh, DMS on Twitter at D O F C podcast.
1: Yeah. And, and join us in the Slack to talk about this arc, especially as it starts heating up. Yes. You know? Like that's been, been good, good talks going on there and people from my diversity of opinions. Like if you don't fall down on either me or jeremy's side on this uh there's probably people in the slack who fall down closer to you and there's a lively and respectful discussion about it
0: yeah and we'll be back in
1: a couple more days with more new x-men bye folks
0: Bye. bye